Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, a.k.a. Lars Newtbar. I'm your permanent new co-host, Nick Repeat Adams. Okay, so I just want to get right off at the top of the show. By the way, uh, Jordan is on assignment this week. That's what they say. That's what they always say in like when you when a baseball announcer is away that they're mm-hmm. on assignment. Like they've gone to like they've gone to Kabul right. to cover the <laughs> There's a six foot two left handed relief yeah. pitcher out of Kabul. Nick Adams is here with us and I just Contractually to... Nick repeat Adams in my okay. podcast appearances. Okay. So I just wanted to get out of the way because it has been six, eight weeks that the only form of correspondence that I have received is, Hey, Jesse, did you know there's a baseball player named Lars Newtbar? <laughs> the answer to that is, yes, I know there's a baseball player named Lars Newtbar. Yes, I too celebrate that this man is named Lars Newtbar. So we're all on the same page with three <laughs> Newtbar. That is... If you pitch that in a room, like there's a lot of things that happen in the world as a comedy writer, and you're just like, nope, that's bad. If you pitch that in a comedy room, people would go, Lars Newtbar? That's kind of sweaty. Come on, that's kind of fucking on the nose. Lars Newtbar, a real human being. Newtbar. Yeah, you can have Lars or Newtbar. You can't, Lars, come on, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Newtbar family, pick one. (laughs) That's amazing. Nick, are there basketball? I feel like there are not basketball players with good names. You're a basketball enthusiast. are you kidding? Like, are you kidding? Like there's like complicated players. Eastern European names, but they're just complicated. They're not like amusing. Serge Ibaka. It has a nice if ring to it. If you could go but... back in time and start your life over and be Serge Ibaka, what would you do? I would want to be Yinka Dare. <laughs> Yinka Dare. Come on, basketball players have the best. <laughs> football players didn't have the best. Know names. how to pass Yinka Football Dare. players have the best names. Like, yeah, football players. Have... Ferguson. Come on, we can't. We have to just bow down to that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of rock solid. I mean, I think even with a football player with an unremarkable name, you will often learn that there's a couple extra vowels at the end. Right. Yeah. A hy- yeah. Hyphen in there. Just throw it. Yeah. In. Somebody whose name's Smith. S M hyphen I T H. Yeah, I'll never forget my wife walking through and watching a football game and just like, you know, seeing, I think it might have been DeBrickashaw or it might have been, who was the quarterback for the Vikings when they had Randy Moss? Oh my God. I don't don't know. I'm thinking right now of Kentavious Caldwell Street. Kentavious Caldwell, Pope, Los Angeles Laker, legend, KCP. Uh, Like my wife would walk through and see a football player and be like, is that his real name? Yes, that's his real name. It's not a bit. I celebrate it. I want to be clear that like, I'm not against this. I'm not mocking this. I wish retrospectively that instead of giving my children the names of, I mean, let's be honest, like people who are eating crumpets, (laughs) like clotted, my children all have the name of like a clotted cream enthusiast, which is fine. As a white, you're hemmed in to that or just retro fucking bullshit apple oh you know, yeah like i mean i could have, have no, named have two choices I, I could have named them all kennesaw mountain landis thorn yeah those are your options <laughs> <laughs> that was available to me in the hay bale wedding era yes. when my children were born oh 
just drop a votive candle in a mason jar and just say <laughs> I do. Why don't you? <laughs> I mean, Nick, you have a child named Coltrane. That's a that, that is the African American equivalent of me naming my children. I, 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 well, see, the, I think the you know, there's Miles. There's a lot of Miles. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then you meet someone who's named their kid like Sphere, which is like Thelonious Monk's middle name or something. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, don't go too far. I love Colt. Mm-hmm. I love John Coltrane. It was like a like a no brainer. That was something that I decided to do when I was like 19 years old, and my wife was like, "All right, idiot, like I'll go along." With it. Um, <laughs> Were you with your wife at 19, or was this? No, like it was a, like a full. This was like, an whoever I marry that you brought is going to agree to this, and she was like, "Oh, just <laughs> fucking dial it down. <laughs> just relax." You're, you're like, honey, I've been carrying this piece of paper in my wallet for 15 <laughs> years. I wrote this down. Okay. Our guest on the program, she is one of the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Baby Geniuses. She has an overall deal over there at CBS. (laughs) Pay you in overalls. What a scam. She is. And you know how you can tell, Nick, that she has an overall deal at CBS? She's uh, joining us from uh, what looks like her bedroom. And right next to her is uh, one of those cork boards with three by five cards pinned mm-hmm. into it. Just ideas, just oh, yeah. using the, money off of them. These aren't just three by five cards. These are dry erase three by five cards. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now what a we're ridiculous talking. flex. It's the best of both worlds. Cork board, whiteboard combination. You can move it around like a cork board. You can erase it like a whiteboard. This is what I've come on the show to talk about. Thank Capitalism goodness. has to be taken down. <laughs> Let's come writers to have ridiculous gadgets. <laughs> Let's get into tape flags, Emily. <laughs> Where do you stand on tape flags? Do you like the skinny kind or the wide kind? What's a tape flag? A tape flag is those little like color coded post it note dealies. Oh, it's like are... a sticky and then colored at the t- yes, and then it flaps out so you can mark the pages in your middle school copy of Of Mice and Men. Oh yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> if it's middle school, I'm not doing the reading or the homework. <laughs> can I ask you guys an, an Of Mice and Men question now that mm-hmm. that uh, subject has been brought up by me? <laughs> by you. Um, <laughs> So in my family, we have been watching Looney Tunes because they're, you know, all the Looney Mm -hmm. Tunes are on HBO Max. I hear they're back in action is what I'm hearing. Yeah, they are back in action. I did watch (laughs) Space Jam 2. Woof. That's the official title. Space Jam 2, colon, woof. Yeah. Space Jam 2, woof. Purchase this microphone just so I could go... Yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot of that movie was really predicated on like they they were so excited Feel solidarity and, shout out to my wga writers who wrote the film yeah oh, there's literally i think six <laughs> yes. credited screenwriters it's amazing. i'm like who else worked on this movie that's not in the credits mm-hmm. but anyway jordan farmar is a credited writer on space jam I think they had a big idea for Space Jam, which was that they figured out that LeBron James could say lines right, but then they didn't think of any other things. Mm -hmm. Like They were like, well, we made a whole Space Jam with Michael Jordan who can't say his lines right. Famously can't say his lines right. So this will be a slam dunk. (laughs) (laughs) They said, using a classic basketball Mm -hmm. metaphor. So anyway. Cut LeBron a check for seven quadrillion dollars. So we have been watching Looney Tunes. And, you know, there is that 
of Mice and Men Lenny character who's in a few different Looney Tunes where he says, oh, right, hug right. him yeah, and yeah. I'll squeeze him. Yeah, and yeah, I'll... yeah, yeah, yeah. And my daughter asked me about Of Mice and Men. Uh, she said, I, I said, you know, that character references a, a classic character from literature and he's, and he, he, he crushes a bunny because he loves it so much. And she says, well, what's the book? I said, of mice and men. She said, what's it about? And I said, let's see. Well, there's that one guy who crushes the bunny because he loves it too much. I don't remember anything else about of mice and men. Apparently I read the entire book. It's one of those things that for kids, like you should just stop at the bunny. Because <laughs> there's nothing after that. I read it once. I never read it. So I don't, I don't know. I, I literally only know the Looney Tunes excerpt. He, <sighs> that same energy that he has for the bunny, he brings to a female human, if I remember correctly. Oh, and then right. Lenny, you know, the other guys like, oh, snap, this has happened. This is gonna, not going to end well for my friend. And they go out into a field and he like shoots him because he, he's like, I got it. But so it's like, you really can't go than the petting the bunny thing. Can I say something uh, about that? That shit's fucked up. Uh, I don't know whose permission you were waiting for. Jam, <laughs> yeah. like, it's your show. Can I say something about Space Jam just circling back? Yeah, please. Thank you. <laughs> I was at dinner the other night with a friend of mine from high school and someone who I would say was like not the most like pop culture tuned in person and i right. casually God mentioned something about <laughs> yeah i casually <laughs> mentioned something about space jam and she was eating and she stopped and she said what is the space jam <laughs> <laughs> just totally <laughs> totally stone faced just and I was like this in the world what is the space jam you're that like, is a really well, good question like, <laughs> well every year in zurich Eight eighty thousand Europeans converge. Uh, yeah. They parade through the streets and then party all night. Uh, Steve Aoki is always there. Yeah, he just lives in Zurich. Steve Aoki just is in Zurich in a chamber, and they just like take him out when they need him. Every so often, he calls LA to see how his pizza restaurants are doing with all their ghost kitchens. Yeah. Can I say, though, also, Space Jam, it came up in conversation because I was talking about what an enormous part of my, like, childhood sort of, like, understanding of pop culture was because I had one of those, like, cool music teachers in middle school who was like, <laughs> we're going to sing the songs that you guys like. And we did on our spring concert, I think, like, five different songs from the Space Jam soundtrack, including... <laughs> The rap that Bugs Bunny does. <laughs> Wait, what? What level of instruction were you at here? Was this got my girlfriend school? Lola? She's a fox. Ain't no bunny like the one I got. That's all. Oh I remember man. From that. <laughs> well, yeah. Is this? Is this like? Hold on, hold on, principal. Listen, I would never expose all the students to this, <laughs> but Emily. Constance and a handful of these other they, they really get it and I think they would benefit like yeah was this like the head of the class that we no, were in? No it was, it was the entire middle school was singing songs from Space Jam in front of their parents. I have to say full disclosure this is one of those things that, that you find out in a writer's room and you, you these discrepancies are like heightened and you're just like oh shit 
I was a full-grown adult when Space Jam came out. <laughs> like, I was a full... What the fuck is Michael Jordan I was. I don't care about that shit. I just... I fully didn't care about Space Jam. I was a, an adult. Like You were... You shouldn't have cared about... I think I <laughs> no, was... It was like 96, right? <laughs> Yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. I think ninety six to ninety seven is when I was in sixth grade. So I was primed. Yeah, it yeah, fully, was like fully. it was the movie for me. Yeah, you were super horny for Lola Bunny. <laughs> I was yeah. super horny for Lola Bunny. I had never seen thighs like that before. This is before <laughs> Pixar decided that every mom would have a dump truck ass. So Lola <laughs> Bunny was the thickest. There was Lola and then like uh, what's her name from uh, There was Rabbit. Lola and there was Bugs in Drag. <laughs> yeah, and no, that was, was it. Listen, no comment on Bugs and Drag. No comment. <laughs> Bugs yeah, and Drag was they, going for it. They didn't have the courage to have LeBron fall in love with Lola. That would have sold the movie for me. <laughs> or you know what? Have LeBron fall in love with Bugs. No, they always they, they I think they're gonna do like the Harry Potter thing, which is like after the fact, they'll say that like Bugs is gay. Like you know, yeah. that's what they do now. Like once the movie and the franchise is over, then they announce that that character was like bi curious and you know just floated out there. Yeah, it's weird with a character like Bugs though, because you're like, is the franchise over? Is it ever gonna be over? Bugs is sort of an eternal being, but right. he's also sort of like a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, can Bugs? I mean, I'm not gonna. Bugs wants to fuck comedy. Bugs is just only <laughs> horny for comedy. This is my, but this, this is my question about Bugs functionally, and I don't mean to be vulgar here, but can Bugs inseminate? I mean, we're talking about a rabbit, right? Right. It's like That's like their whole the, deal. It's their whole deal. Besides getting crushed by Lenny. But, so you think he's like what, like impotent? <laughs> what? I, I don't understand your question. <laughs> I, I'm just what I I guess what I'm asking is so obviously Bugs gets out there, right? Right. Just in and general, I think Bugs talks. I mean, something a good is game. happening when he's underground and that like dirt is coming up <laughs> on his yeah. way to like Albuquerque or whatever. That's not just burrowing. You don't make yeah, that no. much commotion burrowing. <laughs> Dude, do you think it's possible Bird. Bugs has no a secret pants. family? No in pants. Daffy <laughs> has the fucking courtesy, right? <laughs> I think this is, but this is the part where it gets caught for me. Mm-hmm. I know that Bugs can pull chicks, right? Like, I know Why? that if. Why? We've never seen bu- him. Because. I guess aside from Lola. Because he <laughs> <is> has. <him? laughs> He has a certain something. He's uh, got theoretically his... bugs has rap, but we've never seen it in in play. We haven't. Yeah. I mean, I I think I as a child, maybe not as a child, maybe just as an adult. I'm not going to project this kind of sophistication onto me as a child. <laughs> me as an adult, I'm a little off put by how unafraid he is of death. Okay. He is just That's like fair. staring it Elmer is... Fudd in the face, and I'm Shotgun. like, that dude has a gun. What are you doing? Is that something that you're looking for in a partner? Absolutely not. I know too much about myself at this point to know that I'm not comfortable with that level of risk. I watched on Reddit the other day. I was love how this is starting. Yes. Hope nobody dies. <laughs> really hope nobody dies. Yeah, it was on slash r slash faces of death. <laughs> I, I was on Reddit on a on a Reddit that's just uh, what's it called? Better every loop. It's called. So it's just like little gifts. 
Just a little right, thing happens. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 great. You know, it's just like uh, there's also this other one where uh, dads catch babies falling. <laughs> right. Yeah. In remarkable ways. Uh, but the better every loop, you know, it's just like uh, oh, here's you know, here's butter and sugar turning into frosting or something, and it looks cool. Or you know, a crazy athletic feat, and. The other day, someone posted a picture of a parkour guy running from one rooftop, jumping off the rooftop, landing on another rooftop, and then doing some tricks like as he landed and flipped up into the air. And as I was watching that, I think I realized that I am old. (laughs) Because all I could think watching this amazing feat was... Like, fuck you, man. Like, don't put me through that. I don't want to see you almost fall to your death. That's not of interest to me. It made me so mad. And he did it. He was fine. Obviously, this, they're not going to post snuff gifts on Better Every Loop. That would get progressively worse every loop as it re-traumatized you. It's always dudes in like Paris and Amsterdam with like free healthcare. Like, I'm gonna jump off this building. If I fracture my ankle, the state pays for it. Like, it's always those guys. Nick, you're a socialist. Is that the America you want? Just people jumping yes, from rooftop to rooftop? Where like, they're right now, fully at everybody's job, there's three dudes. That everyone's like, they fucking suck at it. They don't want to be here. The company's worse off because they're here. If they could just be downtown LA jumping off buildings right now, the whole workforce would be better. If we could just pay those guys to just like run around and jump off the pier. <laughs> and do parkour. And, and do parkour. <laughs> Get out of the workforce and let somebody else have this job. Nick, Josh, go do parkour in Culver City. <laughs> I feel like we there might be some other options between like taking taking work not all of them Emily. Not, not all of them and parkour not all of them oh my god there's a fucking dog on a ramp with like a cone behind you and it's like a Wes Anderson film is happening right now is that what, is that how Wes Anderson films work just white people are just living in Wes Anderson movies and we don't know <laughs> Emily's dog really truly speaking of parkour he did not parkour by the way he walked Emily up a, he walked gingerly up a, I will say, incredibly gingerly. way too expensive ramp. <laughs> well, Emily, your ramp. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell our listeners what happened. So behind Emily is either a bed or a pullout sofa of some kind. It's a day bed, but it's a full size day bed. There you go, full size day yeah. bed. On that is a dog bed. On top of that is a dog bed or a pet bed. <laughs> And in the foreground, I know, Nick, I can't speak for you. I did not notice this item in the foreground <laughs> until just now. <laughs> there poof? is... The poof? Is that what you're describing? No, no. Oh, I noticed the, ramp, the, the poof. Yeah. I think the poof was distracting me from the foreground, which is the, <laughs> yes. the ramp. It's been here the whole time. <laughs> the ramp is what I can only describe as cruise ship quality. (laughs) This is a full full wheelchair. A small wheelchair could use that ramp. A small wheelchair. Not a full size. And Emily's dog not only went up this ramp in like perfect 45 degree symmetry in her composition of her zoom shot, but this dog went up the ramp wearing a cone and doing that. 
It truly the timing was. of it was fully three, two, Q dog. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> Oh man, he is He's exhausted. Look at him. <laughs> he, then he fell asleep not on the immediately, giant dog. Immediately bed. Fell no, asleep he refuses next to the dog I got bed. I got him like the most like luxurious, furry, huge, like pillowy dog bed to put on my day bed so that he wouldn't just climb on the human pillows and he yeah. refuses to use it. <laughs> you got him a full-on Cruella DeVille hat there. <laughs> so, yeah. also can I explain the cone and the ramp or do yeah, you want please. it to just be a mystery? <laughs> <laughs> You're just making a particularly unusual faces of death gif. <laughs> he had surgery mm-hmm. on his like hind leg. He had to have like his knee got dislocated and he tore his like the dog version of an acl Mm. my dog tore her meniscus so we both are both of our dogs have had a football career ending injuries (laughs) it's i mean he's quite an athlete as anyone who follows me online Mm -hmm. knows and Mm -hmm. so we're under strict orders not to let him jump or run like he's supposed to be on crate rest we can't crate him because he'll like panic and slam his body against the crate and it'll be worse than before so we have been like locking him in the hallway which makes him just like whine and scream and bark at us and in order to keep him from jumping i have installed ramps at all his favorite places because i'm terrified that he's gonna re-injure himself and this particular ramp, it's uh, from Doggo Ramps. And uh, wow, just plugging the ramp, yeah, trying to get yeah. a few f- extra free ramps, huh? I mean, I would love to get some retroactive reimbursement for plugging Doggo Ramps on this someone else's podcast. <laughs> One time in middle school, we had to we had an assignment that we had to write a letter of compliment, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Keene had been a uh, nationally ranked gymnast. It's my classmate, Lauren Keene. You guys know Lauren. <laughs> Lauren Keene had been a nationally oh, ranked. Lauren Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> not Lauren N. That's uh, Lauren Newtbar. <laughs> Lauren Keene had been a nationally ranked junior gymnast, but she broke her ankle too many times and was no longer able to gym in. She was expected to wear an air cast possibly for the rest of her life on her ankle because it's one of those things where every time you break it with ankles, it it weakens it instead of strengthening it because there's all these ligaments and cartilages in there. It's not just yeah, it's not you know, like one of those arm. bones where you break it and it gets stronger. Like Yeah, exactly. Like, like what happened to Daredevil. That's how Daredevil <laughs> got his powers. And uh, Lauren Keene wrote a letter to Aircast Incorporated, the company that made the cast that she kept on her ankle. And they were so excited that she they said they gave her a lifetime supply of Aircasts <laughs> because she would have to live with this disability for the rest of her life. So three Aircasts. So what are we talking about? Like, yeah. What is that? What does that well, mean? Lifetime are, supply. Five, seven? Casual, formal, and beach? Is that the right, three? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got to have a flesh-colored one for bikini season. Yeah. And one for special occasions. Yeah. Exactly. Like a formal cast. Yeah. Black yeah. tie, white tie. 
There was a period of time where Steph Curry, who is, you know, modern NBA players, it probably goes LeBron, Kobe, Steph, in terms of just like appeal, impact, whatever. There was a, the whole thing was like, Golden State should get rid of this guy. Weak ankles. That was it. Yeah. Like he had weak <laughs> ankles and he would like constantly hurt his ankles and everyone was like, I don't know about this little guy. 6'3", by the way. This little yeah. guy, his ankles. And you're just like, is that the, the issue? <laughs> Steph Curry. That was a, like a legit question, concern for years. But we he should trade him and get, get some value for him because he's got these weak ankles. <laughs> but he's like one of the best. He's right. one of the best basketball Truly players extraordinary. Of all time. But it, yeah. it does show <laughs> you that many of the world's greatest athletes have parts of their bodies so broken that they are essentially a cyborg. Yeah. They're all, like, they're all Steph Curry really, like it's not like it's not like the rap on Steph Curry was that he had weak ankles, but actually he didn't have weak ankles. He did he, have weak ankles. He truly like <laughs> you would see him in his shoes and you're like, that man has a wrap around his feet and lower and leg. a brace and that is like what the ski patrol would do to you if you broke every bone yeah. in your lower body plummeting down a double black diamond. Yeah. They're truly built to do their sport. Have you ever read yeah. the thing about Michael Phelps and his body and how like he's like genetically predisposed to all this shit? Like, yeah, he's got okay. some like mutations or something, right? He can process like something like more oxygen than we can. But then also like if you look at like they if you think of his foot. And like you can, you know, flex your foot forward and pull it back a little bit. He can pull his feet so far back that his toes, if this is your leg, your lower leg, your these are your toes, your he can like pull toes. his toes this far back that way. Like, like oh. almost, so his fingers can almost like reach back and yeah. touch his forearm. So he has, his hands and feet are fucking flippers in the water. Yeah. Like you are <laughs> born to do this, Michael Phelps. You have this long, weaselly torso. You're slipping through the water and you have flippers. Like, you were born to do this. You're like a yeah, meta human. There was some point in elementary school when a, a teacher or a coach took his mother aside and said, Your son has the long, weaselly torso of a champion <laughs> swimmer. You got to get him out of here. You got to get him out of here and get him into the But water I mean, slither it's around. Not- I would say it's not just professional athletes who have that. I mean, just as oh no, just as champion swimmer Michael Phelps has that extraordinary ability to process oxygen in his breath. Comedy writer Nick Adams has the same thing with uh, marijuana. <laughs> Listen, to stay upright, to stay functional, to yep. process story. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. also, don't don't cut Michael Phelps short because he can do that as well. <laughs> that Michael Phelps plays trees. <laughs> Michael Phelps is a dual threat athlete. This guy's got flipping and ganj. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Massive classic flipping ganj there. Massive rips for Phelps. Emily, I need to ask you a really serious question. Yeah, I, I always enjoy I, I enjoy following Emily Heller's Instagram. Occasionally, there will be a smash hit viral post about a clever outfit that she's worn to the Emmys. That's a lot of fun. I look, every time I look at this and I say, look at this clever outfit that my friend Emily <laughs> wore to the Emmys. This is a home run. Uh, so I'm not here to put down 
the clever outfits you wear to the Emmys that are on your Instagram feed that probably draw many to your Instagram feed. But for me, at the center of the appeal of the Emily Heller Instagram feed is clothes your dad made for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad has become like a virtuosic seamster. I don't know what the male term I for. I love Seamster. The Seamsters <laughs> Union. The Seamster. So many clothes. Aren't they the ones who bring the light standards in and out of uh, television and film sets? Are they the ones with the fez hats? Yeah. <laughs> the tiny cars? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to follow my dad on Instagram, he's at a real heller but so my dad is you know descended from a long line of like jewish tailors like it's a family thing that he had just and he used to be a woodworker like he's really good at like building things and this has just been one of his like retirement hobbies that he picked up and got really good at right away and one of the things that i think has been so fascinating about it for me is just seeing like This is like a, you know, he's like a boomer 70-something guy who normally wears like t-shirts and jeans. The clothes he's making for himself when he's like, the stores won't sell me what I want is so much further out there than I would have expected. Like he's making himself like, like sort of like kimono jackets and just the 70s and the 80s were fucking wild (laughs) they were wild yeah this guy's got on whatever like rob Lowe wore to a club but (laughs) but a club in osaka or some shit Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of like a lot of like sort of aloha shirts but with like very surprising patterns he mixes patterns a lot he's very bold and brave and honestly like i have commissioned several garments from him and i would say he's usually trying to get me to make them more experimental (laughs) there's nothing that a middle-aged or older man loves more than a hawaiian shirt but it's not flowers it's like hot sauce you know what i mean they love to take it and flip it a little Arizona Diamondbacks logos. <laughs> he did one with like koi fish he's really into and he did really good pattern yep, matching. Yep. I'm pulling it up right now. Emily, how much Steely Dan does your father listen to? Just like one to ten, <laughs> ten being like crazy too much Dan. Chill, you know, bro. Dollar he's back. Not a, we never listened to Steely Dan growing up. It was like James Taylor, Indigo Girls, Grateful yeah. Dead. Last time I saw him, he was wearing in the area. We're in the area, <laughs> but this is these are Berkeley's Steely Dan's. Yeah. Yes. So wait, can you see this shirt that he's wearing? Yeah. It's two oh my god! I love the sleeves. The sleeves. Two different everything. patterns of cheetah print. Yeah. He's oh, that's really dope. into that's contrasting. Dope. I, fuck and with that. Cha- I mean, last time I saw him, he was wearing. We had a masked outdoor hang, and he was wearing. A mask that had the Grateful Dead logo and it said, Make America Grateful Again. Yeah, I'm with it. So I feel like I I've feel painted like quite a picture. I want to smoke out I feel like 100% want to get out of him and The theme of your father's work, and I've enjoyed seeing so much of it on your Instagram, not just yes. shirts, but also vests. The theme of your father's work is like things a lady would wear. <laughs> In 1992, if she was a Berkeley Performances subscriber. 
Yes. <laughs> this is yes. a person who is going to see Art Garfunkel performing <laughs> at Zellerbach Hall in Berkeley in a UC Berkeley sponsored arts series performance. But it is a lady, and she's wearing chunky jewelry. Yes. <laughs> He's, I mean. Emily is just showing I'm us just pictures. Showing, I'm just holding up my phone to my <laughs> yeah. computer screen. They're all amazing. These shirts are amazing. Uh, they're amazing. And he's he's starting to think about taking commissions. Go, mm-hmm. Please encourage him. He's starting yes. to make some bags and stuff, and he's thinking about how to do it. But it really is like he just really likes making stuff for people he loves. But the most recent thing, well, I guess he did just make me a, a leopard print shirt that I asked for. But the thing he made me before that was I commissioned him to make me a version of the Seinfeld jacket where it's brown on the outside and on the inside it's pink and white stripe lining. Yeah. So you can take it off. And he sent it to me and it didn't show up. And we were both like losing our minds. Like it You know who fucking took it, Emily? Newman. Yeah, fucking Newman. (laughs) Fucking Newman. (laughs) Because the USPS USPS said that it had been delivered and it hadn't been delivered. And I was, I like wrote out like 15 cards to anyone in my neighborhood whose address was even a little bit like mine. Being like, please, if you've seen (laughs) this jacket. That shit happens so much. I I need this so much. And then I eventually posted on twitter about it being like here's the pictures that he took before he sent it to me if you see anyone wearing this jacket steal it and give it back to me please and some incredibly cool postal worker went rogue and like went into the system and was like i can find you the exact gps of where it was dropped off and it was dropped off at a mattress store (laughs) near my house (laughs) and i called them and they had it and they were like, they asked me like, what's the name? And I said it was Emily Heller. And they were like, yeah, I think I think we have it. Yeah. And I went and showed up and got it. And I was like, thank you so much. Oh, my God. And I picked it up. And it said like it was addressed to Emmy Fun Fun, which is like my, my nickname from my dad. And I was like, I can't believe the guy at the mattress store did not give me a hard time about this. I mean, it explains why the guy at the mattress store didn't uh, just Google the name and come up with famous comedian Emily Heller. I like to think, I imagined immediately that they were checking on the name because they had received multiple Seinfeld jackets addressed (laughs) to different people. They wanted to get you the right one because the other package had one of those eight ball jackets that Putty wears. That Putty wears. (laughs) I think your dad really has a future in this. I would love to see you introduce your father to the Japanese aesthetic called hobo style. Okay. I think your dad could do a lot with this. I say show him some capital look books. Okay. Uh, <laughs> check out some crazy hats. Check out a few like half jackets where half the jacket is there and half of it isn't. Okay. I think your dad could do a lot with that particular look. As a, as a man of a certain age, your dad is also capitalizing on what happens when you get older is that if the husband comes out of the bathroom or the, the bedroom and he is dressed to go out and the wife is like, well, shit, he did something. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he had a plan. I don't he necessarily made a love it. He made a choice. He tried. He put effort and thought into it. And this is what we're going with tonight. Okay, okay. 
Nick, okay, I have to tell you, your idea of what my mom's reaction would be is could not be more wrong. <laughs> my mom <laughs> is not more conventional than my dad in how she dresses. Oh, so he doesn't go far enough? <laughs> no, she loves it and she just she thinks it's great, but she's never going to be like that's weird. Wow. wow. Nick, yeah. the thing love. that you're That's love what they have. I think what you're describing <laughs> is true love what they have. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both fucking Bay Area hippies. They met at a BART station <laughs> because my dad was juggling. <laughs> <laughs> That tells you anything. Do you know about... how confident you have to be as a juggler to fucking do Nick, it at a Bart station? We should explain that uh, Emily's dad is mystery from the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? What am I doing? Juggling? What to do you? That is, that truly is hanging out at the Bart station juggling is the, is the Berkeley version of the game. Yes. Like, oh, that this? is he was, talking he was, about the what the big deal is. <laughs> he was in a pickup club or whatever it is that they do in that. And Listen. he and his buddies were talking about what would attract babes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how Did they he could... have the bowling pin? Harry he was, he was club thing? juggling, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say he was either club juggling or he had to have had like five balls or something. Yeah, he but- was either club juggling. He was definitely in a juggling club. <laughs> Here's the what thing: was he club juggling? He was not. He was not juggling in order to meet women. If anything, meeting my mom derailed <laughs> what would have been. A juggling career because he was Bro, planning on. you gotta focus on the clubs. He was planning on enrolling in the Ringling Brothers Cloud School when he met my mom, and then he decided not to. <laughs> too bomb. It was too bomb. <laughs> he was like, I can't with these clowns anymore, man. Emily, did your family car as a kid have like a lot of bumper stickers on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like that say like I break for butterflies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This is the category. This is the Joshua Tree section of our car. This is, this section is reserved for just Joshua Tree bumper stickers. Visualize world peas. I'm gonna give you, Jesse, one guess as to what kind of car our family car was. Subaru baby. Well, I mean, my Subaru. first thought is Escalade. Uh, but I, I'm gonna Subaru. go. I'm gonna go with a Volvo wagon. Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> you have hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it was a Volvo station wagon. It was a gold Volvo station wagon. Um, would you guys like for us to pre-age this Volvo? We can make your <laughs> Volvo look like it's about seven years older than it really yeah. is. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Actually, we'll, we'll do we that. just leave it outside in Sweden for a while. <laughs> yeah. And Emily, I could, I absolutely, I have a picture already in my head of your parents in the Volvo. You're in the backwards facing rear seats. Of course. They're dropping you off at Rasputin's. <laughs> buying some, buying some records, buying the latest spearhead. I think I, we would go because we lived in Alameda. We would go to the warehouse actually. Oh, thank you. Where? Where? The warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're in business. We did now have in our in the back of our Volvo station wagon, my dad had got one of those like fake human legs that you close in the door of a car. Every single thing you say about your father makes me want to hang out with him more and more. And the, more. He picked that up at the clown school application center. <laughs> I'm like 
People wonder who goes to Spencer's <laughs> gifts. It, it was my dad, I think. Fake vomit he had, like all that kind of shit. And yeah, so we would close it on there and then I would sit in the back seat. Me and my brother would sit in the back seat and like we would be on the freeway with the leg hanging out the back and my brother would be acting like his leg was stuck in the car. People would be like freaking out in the cars behind us. <laughs> is this what drove you to become a comedian? Not that there was so much humor going on in your house, but that you were scarred by your shame. <laughs> you, I got to show this fucking guy how it's really done. <laughs> I got to take it up a notch. Your mortification drove you to humor. Jesus I Christ. Think what really happened is what I became a comedian because I was raised in a household without enough shame. <laughs> there, shame was not yeah. something that we exchanged in our household. I I never had it. I still don't. You could have used just a soupçon of Catholicism. <laughs> just a little sprinkle dinkle on top. Yeah. You're a hair away from being just a really funny marketing executive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could have I could have really had my shit together at some point. Yeah. But uh no one ever taught me that I'm supposed to hold in my farts. Hey, don't <laughs> say that shit out loud. What? <laughs> no, people laugh when I say it. I it doesn't matter. Then they go home and talk about how weird you are. Don't say that shit out loud. Yeah, I didn't learn that until I was like 31. Is there any? Is there anyone in your family who's not on board for this? Like, it sounds like your mom is on board for this. Your, were your siblings all on board in? for what? Like uh, this well, nonsense I, that was happening in your nonsense. home? Love, Jesse? Is that what you, uh, love? Is that what you're talking about? I don't the know. I'm not familiar marriage. with that, Nick. I'm not familiar. There are not. There's no one in my immediate family who's not a stone cold freak. <laughs> what about what the extended asking. family? What happens when you go to a, a family wedding or, a, or or a funeral? No, I mean I think like so. The rest of our family's pretty weird. No, I mean they're they're normal. I don't know. They don't care. I do think we are the weird ones at most of the like larger family functions that we go to, but not by a lot. Yeah, my <laughs> my extended family are so normal. They're very bright. They're really good folks who definitely have, they're much more on top of family than my either part of my family, either my father or my mother who were, you know, divorced when I was very young. Uh, like, you know, my aunt, my aunt Deb was married to my uncle Wayne from when they were in high school till the day he passed. May he rest in peace. Wonderful man, my uncle Wayne. And, you know, my aunt, my aunt Deb is a, a real estate agent who specializes in life transitions. Uh, that's wow. like she helps old people move into retirement homes and sell their house. And she's she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. But all of them are so normal and they treat me with a sort of fond tolerance uh, like, I think the fact that I'm more normal and together than either of my parents helps. That helps. But like my cousin on my dad's side, who is a contractor, or my other cousin who is a physical therapist in Orange County, Southern Orange County. Yikes. Like they're they're so nice and so regular. And when I come to visit they kind of, they smile very sincerely at me. I can see in their heads this like, well, there's Jesse. <laughs> He's doing his thing, whatever that is. 
You know? I, can, can I can I tell you something? One of my cousins was here visiting, and then it was a cousin who had moved out here, and he was in Oxnard. And then his brother-in-law, his brother-in-law's like close friend from Maryland, were out here, and we were hanging out. And one of them turns to me. And this was years ago. And one of them turns to me, and he goes, "Hey, um, what do people do here?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they were visiting. They were kind of on a vacation, and I was you know in between jobs or whatever. And we were walking around, hanging out. And I think we smoked out, and we went to the farmers market. We're goofing around. And I think when people come here and they see the industry or showbiz or Hollywood or whatever, and they're just like, "What the fuck? How does this work?" And you're like, are you making money? Not really right now. And they're like, well, yeah, but you're hanging out and doing stuff. And then you start to make money and you explain your job. And they're like, I don't understand how this works. What is a producer? What is a podcast? How does that make money? Well, see, it's hard. Like they don't, it's not real to them. You're a nurse, you're a school teacher, you do marketing. You know what I mean? Like these are defined jobs. I'm pharmacy tech. But then you start saying all these things that we talk about. And they're just like, I don't know what the fuck. Is that real? Is Jesse, just does say, Jesse have secret money that we don't know about? Like, you just say you're a union know. man. Yeah. Like it doesn't, I, it's not real to them. My Aunt Deb, who's just the greatest, she is like a comedy nerd. If a 72-year-old woman <laughs> who sells real estate for a living to other baby boomers could be a comedy nerd... Like, she's like a comedy nerd of things on CBS. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything I had ever done in my career had made an impact. Like, she thought my career was neat. You know what I mean? Like, she was generally supportive. It's not like she was ever against it. But, you know, they don't, like, come to my shows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I be in Washington, D.C., where they live, they're like, oh, we're in Northern Virginia. It's a 20 minute drive. Live comedy for a non famous yeah. person? Yeah. I'm on the Dave Cause smooth jazz cruise right now. I can't come. But the first thing that, I mean, my, first of all, my Aunt Deb is genuinely funny and she's very bright and, and interesting and awesome. But the first thing that, and I think to this day, the only thing that has ever made an impact about my career with her is that I met Terry Crews. Like me meeting Terry Crews, it's as though I said to her that I met the Pope and I was like, Deb, do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? And she's like, it's my favorite show. And I'm like, you know what? Good pick. Good pick. All right. If, if you're, look, you could have told me Big Bang Theory was your favorite show. No, no offense to uh, all the great people that work on there. A special salute to John Ross Bowie. But like, it's time for a special salute to John Ross Bowie, <laughs> our regular segment on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Did you know he's a playwright? <laughs> so I, I like I, but but besides that, I'm basically like like you know how sometimes do you remember where you were the first time you found out that there was like chickens that looked all crazy? You know what I mean? Like the genetically modified, <laughs> like, like the, the breasts are too big for them to walk. Crazy. Like no, not not just the ones kind that, that didn't look like they were from a kid's book. Like that weren't just yeah. like white with the like perfect right. little red. Oh, exactly. Right, right, right. Not like ones bantams, that have like, like real messed up weird feathers. Rhode yeah, Island ones with crazy feathers. Like, nobody eats that ridiculous bird. Get and you're here. like, look at that thing. 
And you're, you think you it's go, pretty chicken. neat. Yeah. You think it's cool, but you don't understand it. You're like, it's still a chicken, right? Or is it a different kind of bird? That is basically how my family feels about my humanity. They're basically like, huh, look at Jesse. He's still a person, right? Or is I he a know different thing? people came thing? like that. <laughs> yeah. It is, for 99% of America, a totally random thing, though. Yeah. What do you do? Where do you work? I work at the hospital. Yeah. I work at the university. I work, see, you know, I go here and I do the job. What do you do? I have these shows and then I, sometimes I do stand up and then sometimes I write for shows and like, motherfucker, that's the most chaotic, crazy sounding shit. <laughs> I think I, I, I'll tell you a story real, real quick. I was working on a show called Perfect Couples, a mid-season replacement on NBC. They were like, we're going to launch the premiere early. I emailed everybody, Facebook, whatever. And then something happened and the timing got off and they showed it at the wrong time, whatever. My stepdad, who's born and raised in Harlem, New York, was like, hey, man, I, I set the DVR to record your show, but it wasn't on. Instead, NBC aired some shit called The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, James, it's The Office, massively successful scripted yeah. comedy he, and he was talking about he it as just if he turned to the camera heard. and raised one eyebrow yeah exactly <laughs> he was talking about it as if it was completely new to him and you're just like people as if he was like what is the space jam yeah what is what? the space jam <laughs> my immediate family has that relationship with all media except especially my mom like my dad had some understanding of the world around him my mother lives in a world where the things that people know about are like <sighs> Baudrillard and then like Parliament. Like those are like the things that my mom Wait, knows which parliament about. Uh, parliament. <laughs> Not uh, Funkadelic. <laughs> no, that one. Parliament and the mothership. The mothership is what, like my mom will when tell British me parliament, about. British Parliament she knows fuck all about. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Although she has become interested in royal weddings in her dotage. Oh, God. Oh, God. She got cable TV and became interested in royal weddings. But yeah, like my mom will my mom will tell you all about Gary Scheider from Parliament, but she truly does... Like my mom is friendly with Boots Riley of the coup, <laughs> but my mom 100% has never heard of The Big Bang Theory. 100%. Huh. It's it's so fascinating to me because at a certain point, for one, your parents become like your kids or your in-laws become like your kids and you have to explain everything to them and they just don't know things that they should know, just like basic stuff. You're like, how the fuck do you not know that? But what happens as an adult at a certain age, your brain goes, okay, here's the deal. I can remember about 70% of this shit. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> All of it. All of the stuff that I've ever heard in my entire life, I can I can keep 70, 65, 70% of it in my brain. And it's an arbitrary number that just is gone. And you're going to have to remind me every time. Like, I'm too old. I have that too is many a, things. That is too a much higher number than my number. <laughs> yeah. My number is so much lower. 70%, yeah. that is 30 wild. 30 seems strong. Yeah, the flip side of that seems generous. My yeah. Too many things in my brain. It's something Can I has say to give. I I want to I want to make sure that I tell this story while I'm on this episode while we're thinking of stuff we remember cuz one of the things that's been happening over the pandemic is I've been like reconnecting with a lot of people and a lot of times what happens is like we will 
end up reminiscing about something and one of us will tell a story that the other one just absolutely does not remember. <laughs> and I realized I ha- I remember like one story about every person that I know and Nick the story Which you've been I telling re- in your mind for years <laughs> <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> Nick, the story I remember about you was when we were, used to work together on a TV show, and we had an incredibly sensual experience with a whiteboard together. Oh, my God. Do you God. remember this? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so we worked on the show, and we had this whiteboard that was so shitty. It was like... We it, you had to spray it down with so much cleaning fluid to erase anything, and we were like, "This we ba- we made them get us a new whiteboard because we were like, this is just this isn't a functional whiteboard. It has lost its essential gloss, and it it was a brand new, so we didn't yeah. understand why it wasn't working. They bought Office Depot, and brand. then two <laughs> weeks before the show wrapped, maybe one week, it was a someone, week. It was one week. <laughs> it was one week. We had one week left at this fucking job. <laughs> And someone was just like looking at it and poking it with their finger, and they were like, "Oh, we didn't take the film off it." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I was like, oh fuck!" Like in the very corner, it was not obvious in our no. defense. It was like in the very corner. I was like, "Is that?" Because it looks like a little, and I just pulled it, and the whole thing just came off. Well, you and I took opposite sides, and you and I both peeled off slowly and satisfyingly this giant sheet of plastic that had been covering this whiteboard for four months or whatever. And I remember you said something like, you you play acted, you were like telling your wife about what happened between you and me. You were like, something happened at work today that just made me feel some weird stuff. Yeah, it's like the most satisfying thing I've ever done with a woman. It was incredibly sensual. It was great, it was great. Just like the smoothness that it came off with. Oh my God. And you know that thing of like, is this happening? Oh yeah, it's happening. It's happening, it's coming off in one piece. Yeah. It came off in one piece. Peace. <laughs> you look at the showrunner, you're like, can I eat lunch at home today? I have to change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, Aunt Debbie, my aforementioned Aunt Debbie. The th- one thing that I remember I'm sorry, do you about- mean Aunt Deb? Yeah, sorry. Okay. She's She goes by Debbie now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she's gotten older. She's As this podcast gone- <laughs> has gone along? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my aunt, I had this one sto- sort of story memory- with her, which was that when I visited her as like a 17-year-old, stayed at their house in Northern Virginia, she had recommended that I would really like this one show she liked on the Game Show Network. And I remember just thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, Aunt Deb, do you really think that I want to watch the fucking Game Show Network? Like, no offense, but I am a sophisticated... I watch Larry Sanders on bootleg VHS tapes, and you want me to watch some shit Also the practice, the, but I, mean, yeah. I don't love it. It's just like, it's comforting. Yeah. So then, about eight years later, I went there, and I hadn't seen her in quite a while, and I pulled her aside, and I said... Deb, I got to tell you something. She said, what's that, Jesse? And I said, I just want you to know that when I was here in 1998 or whatever, you recommended a show to me and I kind of laughed and I was probably like kind of dismissive. 
And I feel really bad about that now. And she said, oh, really? And I said, you said it was a really funny show. And I was like, in my inside my head, I was like, it's on the Game Show Network, whatever. But now I realize that National Lampoon's Funny Money was hosted by Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> and oh. Jimmy Pardo is my friend now. <laughs> and... What was great about it was she was so unimpressed that I was friends with Jimmy Pardo. I'm like, come on. This has been digging a hole inside my soul for 10 years that I did this mean thing. And I really thought that the prestige was going to be when I say, look at my phone contacts. I can text Jimmy Pardo anytime I want. And she do you, truly did a cameo. Care. Do you want a cameo from Jimmy Pardo? <laughs> you know what? Okay. Her, anyway, her indifference was her revenge. Yeah, I know. She, she took me down seventeen time. pegs. Here Jesse. Oh, I know what he's going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Now, now he's going to genuflect and apologize. <laughs> well, Fuck you, Jesse. <laughs> we'll Fuck be you. back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Brian Fernandez, Sonny D. Brian, you know this. Every episode of Jordan Jesse Go brought to our listeners by our listeners, folks who've gone to maximumfun.org/join and become members of Maximum Fun. It's a membership organization like the Shriners. Yeah, I do know that. It's uh, it's great. We use all the money to build children's hospitals also. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> all, it, it's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. And the hats. We got great hats. That's why you've worked here for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're also brought to you this week by the good people at Magic Spoon. Brian, can uh-huh. I ask you a question? Yeah. You know what I ate for breakfast this morning? Uh, a Magic Spoon? No, potato salad. But oh, yesterday, okay. Yesterday, <laughs> I ate magic spoon for breakfast. And most days, it's just that I was out of milk this morning. So oh. I looked in my fridge and I was like, eh, potato salad, that's probably a breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah. And I did really eat some potato salad for breakfast today. But yesterday yeah. and the day before and the day before that, I ate magic spoon Whoa. that I bought with my own money, Brian, with my own money. Yeah. I like the peanut butter flavor best. <laughs> did you use our promo code? My wife buys it, and I think she doesn't use the promo code. <laughs> oh. We've covered this on the show before. I think that she yeah. doesn't use the promo code, and I don't get credit for my own purchases <laughs> of Magic Spoon that I'm actually personally eating. Magic Spoon, zero grams of sugar, 13 or 14 grams of protein, 140 calories, four net grams of carbs in each serving. The amount of flavor that they get out of a bowl of no cereal cereal that is cereal without grains in it is is pretty extraordinary it is it is really tasty stuff and when you're like oh no sugar in this <laughs> uh, like the a very appropriate amount of calories as part of my balanced breakfast and it's like enough protein to stick to your ribs it is a really yeah. it is a really miracle of modern science is the only way i can describe it 
I grew up on like all sugar cereal, like just exclusively eating sugar, like really sugary cereal. And I can't you believe really, that... Brian. It's not. I don't believe. Yeah, you, you would have never guessed that, right? <laughs> Knowing what I know about yeah, your family, I, just, I never I, would have guessed. You know, but but somehow I feel like this is like a magic. Like it, it says magic. It's magic spoon, but it feels like a magic trick every time you eat it because it's like I don't understand how they recreated yeah. the sugary cereal of my youth, but it's not bad for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty great stuff. And like even me, like I'm not really into sweet cereal. That's why I like that peanut butter flavor, yeah, but yeah. even the even the frosted flavor which is, you know, sort of like the frosted cereals of your childhood. Mm-hmm. There's a few different kinds. That's really nice too and I that's a, that's one of the kinds of cereal I sweet cereal I do like. Anyway, Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to try it today. Be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. And now from cereal to balls, <laughs> the classic Jordan Jesse Go transition. We're also yeah. this week brought to you by the good folks at Manscaped. You know, <laughs> are your balls out of control? <laughs> Always. Uh, well, then. <laughs> well, then. If your balls are like Burt Reynolds' chest. Mm. Manscaped has a product for you. Did you hear the, all this stuff about um, how celebrities don't bathe? Yeah. You know yeah, about this? Yeah, geez. Right. Yeah. So, I, look, I'm not saying that Ashton Kutcher's children should be using the Manscaped ball spray, <laughs> the toner for your balls. Right, which is nice. ball deodorant, which is yeah. nice. It gives you a refreshing feeling in your undercarriage. I'm just saying... That if they did bathe, they could top it off with a little trimaroo. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could pick up the Ashton Kutcher could get himself the Performance Package 4.0. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the lawnmower trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. I just used that today. True story. That's great. I used it to stir up my potato salad. Uh, <laughs> the crop preserver ball deodorant, because you know Ashton got stank balls. Uh, <laughs> the toner, the boxer briefs, the travel bag, all of that extraordinary stuff. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code JJGO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code JJGO at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls <laughs> oh, will thank you. Uh, Ashton Kutcher doesn't really need the 20% off because he's got that money from that 400-episode uh, Netflix show that no one's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sam Elliott? <laughs> or, it's yeah. Ashton Kutcher Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott? Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait. Yeah. <laughs> is that Angela Lansbury? What is going on in this show? Tyler Perry plays the neighbor? <laughs> Doesn't have a producer credit or anything? He's just the neighbor no, on it? He's only anyway, the actor. 20% off and free shipping with the code JJGo at manscaped.com. It's what Angela Lansbury would want for you. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love, 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 love
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Permanent and forever co-host Nick Repeat Adams. <laughs> and I'm your guest, Emily Hellbone Heller. <laughs> we should explain that Jordan's body is decomposing in a vat of lie underneath mm-hmm. Nick's house right now. He's in currently in the city of commerce. In <laughs> unincorporated commerce is where uh-huh. Jordan is. You've called one of those sheriff's gangs to take care of them. <laughs> Banditos. Unincorporated. Unincorporated Los Angeles run by sheriff's gangs. Google, Google LISD gangs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Please. Google that Thank shit. Thank you. Uh, when something momentous happens to you, like uh, legendary podcast guest co-host Nick Adams tosses you in a vat of lie in his basement and becomes a permanent podcast co-host, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or just send us an email with a voicemail attached to it. Wait, voice memo is the word I'm looking for. JJGo at MaximumFun.org. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. You know that gif of uh, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele where he's he's like making a face and the and the sweat is running down his head in like sheets. Famous award-winning uh, that, uh film director Jordan Peele? Is that who you're referring yeah, to? Exactly. <laughs> That's what Brian our producer looks like right now <laughs> as he worries about whether he can both respond to comments on Facebook at the live stream and pull up the clips on his phone. Like, be- peek behind the curtain. We have not yet figured out how to send <laughs> audio clips through Zoom. So when we <laughs> when we play the momentous occasions, Brian drops them in afterwards in the in the audio. But live, he just share audio. It's like a lime wire phone up to the microphone. Yeah, it's like a lime wire to his D share. Yeah. Then big, then BitTorrent, and then yeah. down. We can do share audio, but it never comes up. There's some people it just doesn't play for. So we've had a lot of people yeah. that can't hear it. So I just So we good. just switched to Brian pressing play, holding the speaker of his phone up to the microphone. Every Brian, company play. involved in this podcast is evaluated at like a half a billion dollars. We can't cool. just play our first call, Brian. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is uh, Craig calling from the middle of a lake in Quebec. I was listening to your podcast, and you were talking about timing your orgasms to a family feud events. And I thought I would share my well-timed orgasm when I was in Cuba. Uh, me and my lady friend were having sexual intercourse, and while I was receiving a blowjob, I orgasmed exactly when Joanna Cespedes hit a home run on the ball game. Anyway, um, yeah, good to cut I was 100% sure he was going to say that he came when Fidel died. <laughs> First of all, shout out to socialism for giving this man and his lady friend six weeks paid vacation to go to Cuba and spend time doing their own research and finding out for themselves and not being behind a wall of capitalist media. <laughs> My wife lived in Cuba for a little while. She said they have a lot of ice cream. Other kinds of food can sometimes be hard to get. But you mm-hmm. can always hey, get you know ice cream. Listen, you can fully, I will sacrifice 20% of all other foodstuffs for more readily available That's ice cream. That's the America socialists <laughs> like Nick Adams want. 
And let's be frank, it sounds great. I feel like we've <laughs> kind of blown past something important, which is that, like, were we supposed to be talking about coming for the, on the show for most of it? Because well, I don't, don't think we even touched on it. If we you know, did, we've talked about what comes occasion, out of. Depending on how, I mean, I don't know yeah. his orgasms specifically, but like. We only we talked opened, about Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of orgasm we typically cover on this program. Sure, it's usually characters from Super Mario, mm-hmm. but, you know. We're trusting this that this, case, that, the, that the orgasm was momentous. Because otherwise, yeah, it was a frivolous yeah. call. Do you think John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins ever made out on the set of uh, Super Mario? I think they probably did once or twice. (laughs) Just because the outfits are so hot. I have to imagine that was a stressful shoot. Yeah. So I don't know if that lends itself to them blowing off more steam. Hoskins is like, I did the fucking rabbit thing, and now they want me to do this shit? I thought I was done with this crap. And then Leguizamo is like, I'm the new hot Latino comic this yeah. is the thing that they I don't know about this. I I should be my doing my forty eight hours, my Beverly Hills Cop. I'll do the Mario and then I'll do forty eight. I want an oral history of the making of the Super an oral Mario history Brothers. of the making of Mario Brothers because I have no I like it could really go either way. Like yeah, what yeah. what they thought that project was gonna do. You can see either of them being like, no, this is gonna we're gonna <laughs> win Oscars for this shit. People aren't ready for Mario. They're not ready for this. Like I could see both of them fully being on board. <laughs> Emily, 100% that was a seven-part series on Grantland in 2014. Yeah. 100% that already exists. We all love the seminal film Mario Brothers. Wait, hold on. What do we say? 1,700 words later. Do you think there was a point where, I mean, seminal film. Talk about a seminal film. Oh, oh. Uh, do you think there was a point where where John Leguizamo called his agent from the set and uh, he just looked down at his overalls and said to his agent, from House of Buggin to this? Listen, listen, if you walk, then Luis Guzman is there in like 20 minutes. Do you want that? Do you want that, John? <laughs> Let's take another call. Hey, Jay and Jay and Go and Sonny Lee. This is Steve from Pennsylvania, and uh, you almost certainly don't remember this, but I called a couple years ago to say that uh, uh, my next occasion was that I was starting TMS, or transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation therapy, to try to cure my treatment-resistant depression. Went through all that and went through it again a second time. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Um, and so uh, now my mental health professionals have decided it's time to step it up to another level. So today, I started ketamine therapy. Um, so basically, I went and I sat in a very comfy chair, and um, I got uh, an IV full of ketamine shot into me while the doctor watched the whole time as I tripped balls. Um, and uh, hopefully, this is going to be the thing that finally does it. Um, but I thought that it was pretty funny that I was, uh, you know, like watching exit signs and clocks like melt um, as a medical procedure. Uh, love you both. Your podcast has helped me get through a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep on doing what you do. Bye. We love to magnetize heads on Jordan Jesse Go. Support it. 
A hundred percent. Everybody who listens to Jordan Jesse Go has fucking paper clips stuck to their head. This is great. I support it. Good luck. Good luck in your mental health journey. I want an update. Absolutely. God. Fucking special K for for medicine. They do that magnet thing for migraine headaches. My wife was just asking me if I had ever if if I had ever talked to my doctor about doing it for migraine headaches. I say do it, but I also like uh I have an HMO. I got Kaiser and uh, they're not going to approve it. So I'm just going to go on Amazon and buy some of those rare earth magnets <laughs> and just glue just them to the inside of a hat and see how around. it goes. Yeah. I know that these things probably like work and have like real scientific foundation, but it's hard not to just think about Jesse from Breaking Bad. <laughs> just being like magnets. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jesse, you should just, like if you when you applied for this therapy, Kaiser's just gonna send you the insane clown posse gift of like fucking <laughs> magnets. How do those work? <laughs> like magnets, how do they work? To cure mental illness. <laughs> Question mark. Hi, I'm Violent J and I think you should talk to your doctor about <laughs> Shaggy Two Dope's really been through. We had some a lot shit. of fun with mental illness today, but I'm Violent J from Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Violent J in the in the doctor's office being administered Fago for his depression. <laughs> yeah, that's the other. Th- yeah, if you a juggalo will take whatever, just put it in Fago. You could just like yeah. the vaccine, whatever. They'll just like some Fago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have a momentous occasion for us, two zero six nine eight four four fun, or send us your voice memos at jjgo at maximumfun dot org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, He's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that (laughs) Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little external validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, (laughs) Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we fanti you. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. Are you ready to binge watch something old? The Greatest Generation is a podcast about Star Trek by a couple of hosts a little bit embarrassed to even have a Star Trek podcast. Hosted by me, Ben Harrison. And me, Adam Pranica. We get into the critical, the technical, the science fictional aspects of the show we love while roasting it and each other at the same time. We've completed an entire series about Star Trek The Next Generation and another one about Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and we've just begun Star Trek Voyager, so now is a great time to start watching a new Star Trek series with us. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts, and become a friend of DeSoto today. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Head host and executive producer, Nick Repeat Adams. (laughs) 
And I've got a 3.5 out of 5 stars on WikiFeet. It's Emily Heller. <laughs> Listen, your feet are definitely four-star feet. Thank you. That's... I mean, not five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I, you know, I mean, I have, haven't seen Margot Robbie's feet, but I'm just trying to leave room. Wait, you haven't seen Margot Robbie's feet? Because I they were in not. every frame of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen them. I'm the, I'm the one guy who hasn't seen her feet. No, I'm just leaving room for, you right, know, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's out there. I'm not a foot guy. I don't know. That's I'm fair. assuming but thank that there's you. some kick-ass feet. But I'm also assuming that yours are solid, solid, excellent feet with some room to improve. <laughs> Emily... <laughs> In the break, you mentioned that you had worked on the television show Medical Police, very funny spinoff of Children's Hospital, very, very funny show, Medical Police. And I Googled Medical Police because I was like, oh, maybe maybe they got a pickup and that's why she was saying that. That would be (laughs) great if there was more Medical Police. I Googled it. I went, okay, I binged it. (laughs) I binged it. <laughs> Sorry, I said I Googled it, Jonah Ray. <laughs> I binged it like you told me to, Jonah. I binged it, and there's a, like a picture came up that said medical police on it. It had a picture of the LA County Sheriff's Department Medical <laughs> Services Bureau, which is one of the gangs. <laughs> and. So there's a picture, there's like a little map window, and then underneath it, it has a red thing that says COVID-19, which is a pandemic that's affecting our country. No, what and was it? How did, how do you pronounce it? It's called COVID-19. Okay. It's called, it's spelled exclamation mark COVID-19. <laughs> OMG. COVID-19, hours or services may vary. <laughs> and now... I, now, in retrospect, having spent some time with it, I think what that means is that whenever you search for a business in Bing, it tells you they might not be keeping their regular hours right, because right. they might be closed right, because yeah. of COVID regulations. But I immediately presumed that it meant that COVID-19 was keeping irregular hours. Right. Yeah. You can't that catch the- it after sunset, famously. <laughs> Just don't get COVID-19 wet. That's the one yes. rule. Yeah. <laughs> If you drop COVID-19 into a swimming pool, uh, it is nothing but trouble. Don't feed it after midnight. (laughs) At this point, if you're a business, just like your your hours should just be the shrug emoji. Like, listen, just fucking call us. Who knows? Just drive by. Just do a slow creep. Why are you so afraid of getting on the phone in this day and age? Have some human connection, okay? (laughs) Nick, Emily, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Emily Heller. He's the co-host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Baby Geniuses, along with Lisa Hanawalt. And it is, Baby Geniuses is such a joy and a delight. What a delightful program that is. If if you're looking for fun like Jordan Jesse Go, but with uh, more listeners sending in pictures of their butts, oh, yeah. then Lisa and Emily's show is for you. So we get to hear butts. Yeah, you get yeah, to hear us describe You like to hear butts. <laughs> yeah, which is famously <laughs> yeah. what you want. Out of a butt picture is just a yeah. description of it. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Howard Stern identified that and wrote it to hundreds of millions of dollars. So we joke. I also but. would genuinely like to plug the show Medical Police, which I worked on, which came out the beginning of 2020 when the idea of a global pandemic was just an interesting premise for a television show. And if you stick in there to episode eight, there's a sex scene that I wrote that was shot almost exactly as written. 
Oh, that sex scene <laughs> is you. so funny. I, my wife and I, my wife and I watched all of Medical Police uh, right when it came out because it was just the perfect amount yes. of short and funny. And it is a really funny program. If and I get, we want to be clear. If you can handle a bunch of silly nonsense jokes about <laughs> right, a global yes. pandemic. <laughs> to be clear. It was written before there was a real <laughs> global pandemic. But if you can handle a show about a civilization threatening virus, then medical police is And I wrote a sex scene. <laughs> Nick Adams, do you just want to plug the featureless wall behind you except for the one comedy writing award that's behind your yeah. right shoulder? Mad villain. Always on the shows. Uh, no, I'll plug season three of Central Park on Apple TV, wow. which won't be out for like a year and a half. So suck it. Season two is on right now. I had nothing to do with that. So fuck that season. Um, <laughs> but just hold it. Don't watch any of it until season three. That's when it really gets good. Yeah. Now, you know what? Just watch one and two. They're very funny. It's yeah, a very funny great. show. It's a, great, it's a good show. It's a good show. It's a very funny show. You're lucky to work on it, Nick. I'm very fortunate to work on that show. Yeah. Did you work at all on medical police? I did not have yet to write a sex scene. So Missed no opportunity fucking, there. No Emily fucking. worked on medical police. That's a very funny show. Hilarious people over there in the police. I guess you guys are both kind of successes, but kind of failures, huh? I don't that's, know. That's how they keep you honest true. in comedy. Do you see my dog ramp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a dog ramp. This is ultra one premium. of Ram four dog idiot. ramps I own. <laughs> and Emily's got Kaiser. She paid cash for that. <laughs> I have two children. They both have to climb up on their beds of their own. <laughs> just like like you know, Philistines. They have to just launch themselves up on their beds. Here's what I say whenever my veterinarian asks me if I'm willing to pay for the procedure that my dog needs. I say, I'm rich and I'm never having children. Keep this dog alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, kids or pets. I don't care how many surgeries your dog needs. If you're making the right financial choice. Your dog needs a kidney. Don't worry. My friend's kids have kidneys. I'll get one. There's no dog in history that's ever gone to Vanderbilt University. Just FYI. So you're good. But that would be a great movie. All state schools. PhD from Vanderbilt. Seriously? PhD. The PhD oh stands for Pretty Happy Dog. Yeah. I'm sending my dog Sissy to LA Trade that's, Tech. That's like ground beef at like Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, our theme music love you by the free design courtesy of the free design and light in the attic records our producer is brian sunny d fernandez looking worried this week the entire <laughs> time because he's intimidated by the terrible open source software obs <laughs> um which really <laughs> orenthal bowel syndrome <laughs> yes 100 percent Brian's got to get his gut biome in check so that he can live stream this show to Facebook. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. We are on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris at Jesse Thorne at Nick Adams Webb at Mr. Emily Heller, M.R. Emily Patriarchy Heller. Uh, you can join us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. If you have corrections for this week's program, tweet them at JD Power on Twitter. Uh, we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture.
Artist owned. Audience supported.